welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And today we have a, a great guest. I think it's rare that we have people on who have so much passion for what they're talking about that they've actually produced a documentary about it. He is a documentary filmmaker and screenwriter and director. This guy is a, is a, he's a quadruple threat because he's also a great guest. I already know. Uh, I met him at a party for a screenwriter, uh, and we just talked the night away, and I just knew he'd be great to come on the pod. So give it up for the, the uh, producer of Wolfman's Gottenards, a, a, a documentary that focuses on the fandom of that movie and its relation to horror as a whole. Please help me welcome Henry McComas. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I think I think the reason why I wanted to have you on, man, is because, yeah, we got along so good at that party. And I think narrowing down what you wanted to talk about, it was interesting how much love that you have for uh, horror as a genre. So when I found out you did a documentary, I was like, oh, shit. And so the more I've read about you from growing up in Alaska to, uh, yeah, expressing your love of the horror genre through this cult film, it's really made me want to ask you what made you... Um, connect with that film in particular and go on the passion quest of making a documentary about horror through that? Oh man. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm a, I'm an elder millennial, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the kind that, uh, identifies a lot with, uh, generation X and the, not so much with the younger millennials going into the Xenial demographic. So, uh, I grew up with, uh, a Walkman that had no rewind button and you put a cassette in and to rewind it, you had to flip it and hit fast forward yep, to get to yep. the song that you wanted. I remember uh, that. And uh, because of that, uh, I also grew up around mom and pop video stores and VHS tapes uh, and bootlegging shit off of HBO like Beastmaster and eventually... Uh, movies like The Monster Squad. Actually, my brother was a little bit older than me, about by seven years. Uh, and I distinctly remember one day finding a box of VHS tapes uh, and pulling it out and looking for the Holy Grail, which would be like some sort of Skinamax or porn or something. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't find... <laughs> And I didn't find any of that, but what I did find was this really uh, odd tape with a homemade label on it uh, that just said The Monster Squad. And I had no idea what that meant or what that was, but I was at that age where gateway horror was starting to be very interesting to me. Things like uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and stuff like that. So I put the tape in and I watched this movie uh, written by Fred Decker and Shane Black directed by fred decker with this amazing budget shot like a classy ass film with all the universal monsters in it and kids on bikes just going around saving the day when all the adults didn't believe in them uh and it's something uh i resonated as a kid growing up in anchorage alaska uh and i fell in love with it and i started sharing it around the cul-de-sac and i would pass it over to my friends and we would take turns every time we got it, drawing in Sharpie uh, our favorite monster from Monster Squad onto the label. So before, by the end of the summer or whatever it was, we had everybody on the label and that tape was worn down and could hardly play anymore. So that's around the same time I found 
a VHS camcorder from my parents' wedding. Uh, and since we didn't have that tape, we started making our own movies. Uh, and we would go around in our backyard and uh, sneak onto construction sites and stuff, and we'd make uh, genre flicks uh, and start piecing them together by streaming VCRs uh, together and doing record, yep. stop, play, record, stop, play. Uh, and that's how I got interested not only into horror uh, as a genre, but into filmmaking as a whole. That's awesome. I'm me. My friends made this terrible movie that's based on an Eric Van Lustbader book called El Ninja, and we did the same thing. We edited on VHS. What? What? How did comics feature in to your? Um, and did you read any horror comics? That's kind of what I'm getting to. Uh, horror comics have uh, always been my favorite. Like the old school EC comics with a. Uh, Tales from the Crypt and uh, Vault of Horror and things like that. Um, and then later in years, there was uh, authors like Steve Niles, uh, where he would start adapting Clive Barker stories. And then eventually he started writing his own stories, uh, Criminal Macabre. Uh, the Cal McDonald, uh, stuff. And then, uh, he did a little comic called 30 Days of Night, which <laughs> took place in Barrow, just, Alaska. So it's like, what's thing. going on here? Yeah. In a horror comic, you gotta be drawing your ass off to get somebody to be scared of stuff. You have to create oh. this reality where it isn't just, oh, that drawing's fucked up. They fucked up that drawing. Oh, I guess it's supposed to be a ghost coming out of his, uh, coming out of the bones of his daughter to exact revenge. Oh, I guess, you know, as soon as you fuck up the drawing (laughs) and they can't just see that thing, you've messed up. Yeah. When you're, uh, illustrating something, uh, you get away with a lot more than you do in something like like a live action film or even an animation because you're trapped inside that image. Uh, and there's no telling where it's going to go or where it's beginning until you go to the next panel. Uh, and some of these artists are just completely unhinged. Like you have a Ben Temple Smith where, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is like borderline fine painting, abstract, all mixed together and just like these dark, uh, primitive images. And it just really can mess with your psyche if you're reading a comic by flashlight underneath the covers. Uh, so your parents <laughs> can't find out. I was just struck by how in the movie, when the vampires take over the town, it's like, how in the fuck could anybody ever survive the first 20 minutes of this, much less for like 30 days? Like when they come on, they're throwing yeah. trucks and smacking tractors in the face and punching people's houses in and stuff. They're yeah. not giving a fuck. They're not, they don't need to be invited to your crib. It doesn't seem like it's just, they're just like super strong, super intelligent, ageless zombies who will bite you and fuck your world up. And and also, like, bite your kids and have them distract you to come out and get bit. I mean, just all kind of crazy shit they do. And they were jumping across the roofs. I just mm-hmm. felt I found it kind of hard to be scared of that because you'd be dead. You'd, like, mm-hmm. already be dead in two seconds. Where I feel like the comic book must have milked it more and must have maybe adjusted their vampiric power levels some. It would yeah, seem... There's still a lot of uh, running and hiding. There's a shit ton of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then there's a siege element to it. But really, that story is about like you're dealing with a force that is so monstrous and unbeatable, like a Superman, if you will. You guys just did that Superman uh, episode about the ultimate power, that the only way you can beat it is by becoming one yourself. And I'm just uh, 
I, that bre- that breaks my heart and I'm a sucker for stories like that where mm. it's about a person that is struggling to be a better human being but the only way they can beat the objective at hand is to go into his dark side in in defense of do you have any chance of fighting back uh the sequel to the series is dark days uh, and that's a very cool series because now we're in this world where vampires exist. And so there's things like vampire hunters and some tech and stuff like that. And we start mm-hmm. going into more of the sci-fi type genre, uh, type stuff. But what you're, what you're forgetting, Ed, is these vampires are up against Alaskans. And like these are women. <laughs> the, the women yeah. in Alaska yeah. can chop a tree with one hand while smoking a cigarette. So like, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. They pretty much have superpowers. That's why they can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Speaking of which, how did you like the 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 those uh uh Jasons and Freddies and and that era of it? What what was your position on that, bro? I've got. The Nightmare on Elm Street take to end on all Nightmare on Elm Street takes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, my friends give me shit because I don't love Friday the 13th. Uh, and I think the first three Halloweens are cool films. Uh, but Nightmare on Elm Street playing in the dream world, uh, getting uh, surreal with it. Uh, that's my jam right there. I'm a real big fan, but, uh, I'll dive into any horror franchise, really. Um, follow, but a lot of Wes Craven stuff, like Nightmare on mm. Elm Street. I feel, I feel like Scream is awesome, awesome stuff, especially the ones that Wes made. Uh, no shade to five. I'm excited to see what happens with, uh, six now that Kirby's coming back because Scream 4 is definitely the unsung hero of the batch. Uh, but yeah, I get into the franchises a lot. Oh, what's your favorite Freddy movie? Cause mine is dream warriors. What's yours, Ron? Before we get our, our headliners, uh, one, what's yours, Ron? Oh shit, man. Cause dream warriors is number three. Number two is the one where he was basically not pejoratively, but, mm-hmm. uh, metaphorically through the story, it was sort of, uh, exploring being, uh, gay, uh, it was during a- the time, you know. Yeah, it was a spiritual coming out story. Yes. I think it's, uh, then, I think I like three. I think I like three, too, as well. With the, oh, yeah. With dream work. Because when that fat boy started twisting up that chair as a young little fat boy, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. my jam. That's my jam. Yeah. Dream power. Well, that's the Horace moment, right, from uh, mm-hmm. Monster Squad. But uh, mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, Dream Warriors is by far my favorite one. You got a script written by Frank Darabont. Like, uh, mm. and then Ch- Chuck Russell, director of The Mask, directed the shit out of that. I love Dream Warriors, but there's an interesting thing about Dream Warriors, uh, that I asked Chuck about, and he looked at me like, uh, he didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, when you're opening in on that movie, uh, and our hero is in the high school, it holds on his face, and he has a tattoo teardrop on his face. And then for the rest of the film, he doesn't have it at all. And huh. I've, I, I haven't seen blogs about it. I've seen few internet posts about it of other people noticing it. Uh, but what the heck? Why is that there? <laughs> and uh, uh, what's going on? 
on top of that, the second one is probably more interesting since we all said Dream Warriors. I am a huge Freddy versus Jason fan. <laughs> I think Freddy versus Jason is the best looking nightmare on Elm Street uh, movie, except for the CGI caterpillar. Well, did, did uh, Ronnie Yu direct that one? Yeah. 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 I never dude. got to see Freddy versus Jason, and I feel like I missed out. It's well, uh, definitely controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking. I think, I think what's interesting about Freddy is, um, Freddy is obviously like literally a pederast. I mean, let's just start there. So he, he has that. And he also has a sense of humor, and he also has an interesting superpower, and he also pursues you in a place that you can't ever run away from. I think that the newer one, I didn't really like it as much as the older ones, but I did enjoy the fact that they kind of updated their knowledge about like your micro sleeps. You know, if you yeah. stay up too long, you will go, you will go to sleep. There is no, I just won't go to sleep. You will go to sleep involuntarily for seconds at a time, and in dream time, Five seconds could be 500 years. So, sure. the, you know, the monster can come in and get you. I like that part of the new movies. But overall, you can't repeat Wes Craven's kind of depiction mm. of that. There's a little bit what you're talking about, that kind of time loop going on. Uh, that's a little bit of Stephen King's The Jaunt, uh, where mm. they're time traveling. It's a matter of seconds, but it feels like it's taking a lifetime. And that's the scariest thing in the world. Uh, so they're just stuck in this state. Uh, but, um, what I find the most fascinating thing about, uh, Freddy Krueger, which I just thought about right now and is definitely not my take, uh, for a movie, uh, but it's good creative material. So copyright Henry McComas and <laughs> Ed, uh, <laughs> uh, at crookedlakeproductions.com. Uh, but Freddy is really, uh, a really relevant story right now because it's about a canceled man. Uh, and it's mm. about, it's about a man who's been canceled and all he wants for the rest of his life and afterlife is to be remembered. So it's kind of like Kevin Spacey desperately trying to get back into the movies. It's Freddie trying to get back into your dreams. Remember my name. Remember who I am. I need to have an identity. Don't take that away from me. And it's like, well, fuck you. You're a terrible human piece, uh, person. You deserve to have this be taken away. Uh, I think that's an interesting take. Imagine Freddy having a masturbating in front of people problem with his like <laughs> his just fucking chop hand. He just he's just he's just cleaving his wiener in front of all these ladies <laughs> and a, throughout a bunch of dreams. Um, but I, I basically think that um, horror. We're here to talk about, I guess, uh, is horror the the greatest genre. And it isn't one of these. A lot of times we'll have questions that are just sort of invitations for challenge and debate. And this is much the spirit of this as well. But I got to say, I find myself arguing for the topics. I, I think this might be the greatest genre because when you look at all the other genres, besides maybe drama, horror offers you the most freedom. But it also does have its own language, like most genres mm -hmm. do. But but it, its language has a bunch more words to mm -hmm. me than say you know uh sci-fi language or even fantasy language horror can be brought daylight like a like a midsummer you know or, or or some of it follows and things like that it can play anywhere it's got so much versatility so uh what do you say to that in regards to a, a horror's appeal 
when we were bouncing back and forth what to do and you were like, no, Henry, we absolutely cannot do Super Mario Brothers is the greatest movie. Um, <laughs> you said uh, no to that, Ed? <laughs> you can't believe uh, it. When, when we were thinking about it, I was thinking of the thing uh, that I loved the most, and that's the horror genre. Uh, and I brought that up and you were like, yes, we got to do it. And then I thought about how unfair that is because it's undoubtedly the greatest genre. Uh, and there's so many interesting reasons to why that was. I mean, there is a very long story of horror where it used, uh, I mean, sometimes still is the underdog and it was stepped on and it was thrown aside as this outcast and this outsider that only smut filmmakers make uh, horror films. Uh, and as there's this rise in the 70s of uh, like a new kind of horror and porns and stuff, they would think that it's the same thing. Uh, and uh, a filmmaker would say, I'd never make a horror movie. I'll, I'll make a supernatural thriller movie, uh, but it's mm. not a horror movie. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it starts. I'm sorry, to get that's a load of shit. A supernatural thriller is still a fucking horror movie, dude. A hundred percent. It's just different yeah. words, you, you jackass. <laughs> exactly. Right, but, 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 uh, walk with me down this path because now we have terms like elevated horror. Okay. Uh, it's the same shit, different day. Away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a filmmaker who's like, I uh, graduated NYU, and I'm not really into horror. I'm into making elevated horror, or uh, I want to make no no shade to A24. I want to make an A24 picture. It's a different kind of horror film as opposed to all those other horror films. But tell me when horror when has horror not been elevated? When has it not well, been a metaphor? I can't think of one film where there isn't symbolism or anything like that, where there isn't even a, a layer, even in the worst horror films. Uh, and then I really started to think about it, and I started texting my friends, uh, all my filmmaker and screenwriter and director friends. Uh, and in horror, there is a list of subgenres that's encyclopedic. Uh, you have slashers, giallo, home invasion, creature feature, found footage, splatterpunk, gateway, psychological, body, folk, eco, aquatic, cosmic, gothic, survival, holiday, supernatural, and then, of course, everybody's favorite, the horror comedy. Uh, but uh, why or what other genre has that kind of subgenre list? Like, if you held a gun to my head in a swordfish-type fashion and said, name all the sci-fi uh, subgenres, I would be like, uh, well, uh, robot, time travel, <laughs> clone, space. But even the subgenre list of horror films, you're also talking about theme and tone. It Like, it's just deep in its nature. Because we're talking about nightmares, essentially. We're talking about the subconscious. We're talking about a primal fear that of stories that people have been telling since the campfire. Uh, and I think yeah. that's why I love it so much. Well, the important question is, could you get blown swordfish style <laughs> while coming up with that list? And I need to know. That's very important. By, by a ghost. Blown by a ghost. Blown by a ghost. Yes. 
I definitely agree with what <laughs> you're like. I, that's fine. Call somebody, make that happen. That's great. Um, so, so like, also, I it got me thinking about it. Like, like, look, I'm not a huge. I wouldn't call myself a horror fan. I've watched horror and have been scared many times. Way more. Uh, I get real, uh, real scared, and I fall for every jump scare. So, uh, I'm very entertaining to watch horror with. Uh, but I'm not like a huge horror fan, I would say. But when you think about it, arguing the point that it's one of the greatest genres, there's always been horror. Mm-hmm. There has never been a time when people weren't telling scary stories. Yeah. Westerns, Westerns have disappeared. Sci-fi comes in, it comes out. Same with fantasy. And superheroes is brand fucking new, really, in the scheme of storytelling, while there have been people who are more powerful than this and there's a hero's journey and all that stuff but in the movie genre especially superheroes is brand new uh so it's like interesting that that horror has been around since literally the dawn of film for sure mm-hmm. and end of storytelling in general yeah absolutely i think uh I mean, don't quote me on this. Your fans are going to be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I think the first horror film might have been The House of the Devil in the 1800s or early 1900s. And I think it was like a three-minute motion picture uh, that had some crazy satanic shit going on and some awesome uh, set design. Uh, and of course, Ty West then comes out with the House of the Devil of the same name, uh, which has to be an ode to that. Uh, I'm not sure if he's ever said that. But then where you're talking about forever, like we go further back, we can talk about Bram Stroke, uh, Stokers. We can talk about mm-hmm. Mary Shelley. It's like, it's just, I think it's such a universal feeling is fear and sharing experiences of fear and dread to engage your fellow friend or partner or audience. Uh, and I think it might be, uh, the first story. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that's my theory. I mean, well, it's definitely, uh, that you're right. You're a hundred percent right that that was the first horror movie ever filmed. It was in 1896. So uh, but oh, yeah. one thing, one thing I was definitely going to ask in regards to all the types of horror, I don't even count the fears that we had when we were cavemen and shit anymore. Because I think mm-hmm. that's the dope shit about horror movies. Like now we could be afraid of so much different shit. Like the, I, I watched a recent viral video of a woman who got down on her knees and, and hands and knees and was spasming because she was being taped by this lady. And she thought she was going to get canceled. So to talk about what yeah. we were talking about earlier. She really, that was coursing through her that, oh my God, this is going to go to the internet. I'm going to get canceled. And she was shaking as though Frankenstein came out and was going to twist her head off or, or a vampire was going to suck her blood out. She had that amount of visceral fear. And let's take it away from stuff like canceling that are just in our heads. Take it to, uh, the actual financial ruin or, or like mm. prison these days or foreign prison these days. That's a horror <sighs> movie, brother. That's yeah, a you're not right. You know what I mean? So it's just or like there's so many psychopaths exactly. people. I mean, like that's exactly. real shit. That's yeah, which uh, turns everybody into somebody who could kill you, much like it turns everybody into the thing. If you get doxxed and you're a controversial person, it turns yeah. your life into that of the thing. That meaning that movie with Kurt Russell and shit and uh, John Carpenter uh famously well in the Arctic Circle. And basically 
everybody could be a monster. Everybody yeah. in that movie could be a monster. You couldn't trust anybody. The person walking up to you going, hey, they could be ready to John Lennon you if you're a controversial person. You got doxxed. But you're completely right about like we uh, one of the things uh, as a screenwriter that I had trouble with over the pandemic, uh, because my favorite thing to write uh, is uh, horror when the entire country shut down and everybody was in this constant state of fear, uh, including myself at times uh, more on the existential level. Uh, I was like, what's the point of writing my little ghost stories when we are experiencing the absolute fear right now? Like, how do you do that? And I started to grapple with it. Uh, and that's where it's important to uh, realize the cathartic side of mm-hmm. horror and the mm-hmm. release of horror and the therapeutic things that you can get uh, from watching the genre as well. Um, when we have this conversation, I'm thinking a lot right now for some reason of Atlanta season three. Nearly every one of those episodes is about, uh, something that you can find in a newspaper clipping, newspaper that you can find on the internet. Like mm-hmm. there, there, uh, there's a true story attached to every single episode one way or another. Uh, and that's our society and Atlanta season three absolutely is an anthology of horror stories. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the way they execute it, the way they deliver it, uh, it's just a magnificent piece of art. Yep, absolutely. Totally concur with that. I think we even talked about that at, uh, at Pat's thing. It was just like mm-hmm. the, the ability of horror to rip it from the headlines. And unfortunately, yeah. and that kind of tells you about our times that our times are full of things that you could rip directly from the headlines and put into a horror story with very little massaging, if any. Uh, yeah. that's, that, that's pretty rough on say. Meaning, mean, uh, I've been meaning to ask uh, both of you guys, what is your favorite of the genres? We talked a little bit about, you know, how many of them there are. If you were to look back on the movies that you like, <laughs> what's your favorite genre? And let's, let's say maybe least favorite genre as well. Because you look at the ones that you saw and you're like, ah, oh, fuck that. I never want to see no shit like that again. And then you see uh, the ones you watch 10 of these same sort of fucking movies. So what would that be for you? I'll start with you, Henry. I'm going to have friends that disown me from saying this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my favorite genre by far is uh, folk horror, uh, but mm. not not in a traditional sense. Uh, movies like uh, Candyman. Uh, and, uh, clear cut, a Native American, uh, tale with, uh, Graham Greene as the star. Uh, I love those kinds of movies. Things that have a little bit of, uh, ritual and legend and myth to it. Uh, always, always with, uh, a non-believer or a naive person that doesn't understand the world they're going into. Uh, because I think so much of America's drama right now is lack of perspective and empathy on the other side of the coin. Uh, and I think that stuff uh, is really relatable in folk horror. And my least favorite is slasher. That's mm. it. Hard that stuff. Is, that is going to be a... <laughs> I can see some people being like, you don't like slasher? I will. Um. I, I watch the shit out of slasher. Uh, I am entertained by it. Uh, I love some... I love some uh, slasher films, but it is my least favorite. I think, I think my least favorite 
is gonna be gore horror, but not funny gore horror. I mean, like, like, hey, look at these guts coming out, and I don't know. This just something I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, if you say then, your favorite is elevated horror, I'm gonna get up and watch. It is. Out. That was exactly <laughs> what it is. No. And that was, he, he means the sto- horror mood stories that take place in an elevator. Yeah, <laughs> Com- comedy horror is of course my favorite. I mean, if yeah. it's gonna be my favorite comedy horror, I, I you know it makes the scares uh, less bad when I get to laugh right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I've been trying to see what what genres I actually don't like that much. I think the only ones I actually don't like are there was never any point to any of this and the person who killed you is just a nihilistic piece of shit that just murdered you and murdered some other people, but it does it it there wasn't any ritual. You aren't paying for some original sin. You didn't there's not I mean there's nothing so to it, but you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you get murked. I've seen a couple of movies like that in recent times where it's like uh, like a, kind of a funny games to me is kind of mm-hmm. like this, where it's just mm-hmm. like two guys come, menace this couple, bad, bad, bad shit, n- nothing happens, and then they go on to menace some other people, and it's like wow, like I, it, it's either that I really like that because it affects me, or mm. I fucking hate it because it doesn't give me any catharsis, any examination of the human condition beyond like pure nihilism and pure like. Hey man, there are there are people that are out there that are agents of of sort of a of a of sort of sort of an evil, and maybe they were made by different psychological things. Maybe they're on some sort of mi- cosmic mission of their own. But for your intents and purposes, you're just there to be tortured by them, and then you're done. I yeah. despise that. I despise it with every fucking fiber of my being. And the ones that I really do like are survival, where you're up against it. something implacable, which is funny. Because I just mm-hmm. stated, I don't like when people act like <laughs> animals and just torture yeah. you for five days and kill you. And then you have, you don't get any licks on them really. And they just murder you because you were kind of holding out that society would find some way to save you. But then you just get murked. Fuck that. But give me a, that, that movie, uh, The Shallows with Blake mm. Lively on a fucking buoy fighting a shark for two days or whatever. <laughs> Sign me up for that shit. It's not something that could be reasoned with. There's no whatever. I just I'm a sucker for that shit. Jaws, anything yeah. where that there's something that you cannot reason with, and you must find the reserves within yourself to survive its onslaught. Give me that all day. I guess that I guess that's how I feel about life. Totally, survival horror is some of the best. And also shout out to horror comedy. Uh, Idle Hands has a very special oh. place in my heart. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Um, and Shaun but of the Dead. I, yeah. Is it safe to say, uh, Ed, what you were saying about the genre you don't like is torture porn? I, I think, I think, and that's what got me about yeah, a like little bit either. of, a little bit of 30 days. And not that it was torture porn on any level, but they yeah. were just as hopelessly fucked as mm. anybody in any torture porn, really. And I just kind of don't, I disconnect from that. I love, I love like zombie movies because every fucking time it's all right. Mm-hmm. If we can distract them and run a hundred yards over broken ground to this gas pump, the, there's always these stakes and these setups and these different events you can do and these hopes, these tiny hopes skip, scattered throughout the story that 
make it move and and yeah. give you things to root for, give you things to fear for, give you people to care for. And when there isn't that in movies, when it's just sort of like, yeah, you wandered into the wrong basement and you fucked over here. Yeah. <laughs> just dead. <laughs> like, what is that? You're not a fan of nihilism. You don't like cold, cold stories. You need something with some heart in it, like most audiences. Like, that is mm-hmm. completely uh, relatable. Uh, and is, I think I agree with you a lot. It's interesting, too, because uh, Ed... Ed is like one of the things that Ed is grounded in uh, in a lot of percentage percentages of the time is uh, the likely likelihood of things happening, the sort of grounded reality, even if it is like zombies, there's still some grounded reality in it. Um, But the most likely thing that could ever happen to any of us is most is, is a crazy serial killer or some psychopath who's just like wants to hurt people. But at the same time, I get not enjoying that as a movie, even though yeah, yeah. it is the most likely thing to happen. It also is not like, I don't know, the horror, the horror that could not happen to you is almost more scary in a lot of ways. Hmm. Yeah, think, let's talk you know? about that. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a I, great observation. Well, because like, I don't know, you, you still put yourself in the situation when you're watching it, right? You you think you go, what if I was, what if I couldn't go to sleep? Mm-hmm. What if I was dealing with a, a, a shark in the middle of the ocean and I had no way, like, and I'm in the ocean. You know, all of that stuff is, like, scary to think <laughs> about, but not likely to happen to you, right? Like, you yeah. still put well, yourself well, in a situation. What but, if there's a Babadook in my closet telling me to but kill it's my no, kid? Yeah. It is no no fun at all and almost too realistic to just go, okay, I'm driving in the street and a crazy guy gets in my car and he doesn't want my car. He's I he doesn't want my money. He just wants to hurt me. Mm -hmm. That's like that's like almost too real to be as even though it's scary. It's also like too I don't know, right in your face about that. That's just Well, I mean, but that's where all the set dressing comes from and that's where the original sin stuff comes from and I know I don't want to sound like Blake Blake Snyder's dead words coming from the grave, uh, but Blake Snyder always talked about in horror movies there is an original sin normally. But like a, a husband cheats on his wife, then they move to the country and mm-hmm. uh and then a ghostly siren song calls him to the woods and it's a woman ghost that kills his family or or threatens to kill his family at the end because he he, he like had an affair with a ghost in the woods or whatever the fuck. They, they find some way to make it kind of your fault that you're mm-hmm. in that situation. And I think survival does that, too. One of my favorite straight up, I consider it a horror movie, uh, is um, I know it's just I know it's an action movie, but I consider it a horror movie. It's uh, The Edge. Starring, mm-hmm. uh, Alec Baldwin and, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins and I think Elle McPherson as, uh, Anthony Hopkins' beautiful wife. Long story yeah. boring. Alec Baldwin is an asshole photographer who, photo- who photographs Anthony Hopkins' wife a bunch. And they have this really, I watch you undress type relationship because they work together as photographer and model. And they like crash in do. the woods. Yeah. And they crash in the woods. Alec Baldwin and, and, and Hopkins crash in the woods with an assistant and a bear starts stalking them for like two hours. And they have to survive, uh, on their wits and on this, on the millionaire's knowledge of just ancient things 
weird eccentric oddities. He's like an almanac of facts. And for once, this old man billionaire with this almanac of survival facts in his head must put his money where his mouth is. And after they survive the bear, turns out Alec Baldwin wants his wife. So he has to survive Alec Baldwin, too. And it's just yeah. like, damn, this is a double survival horror in this motherfucker. This is great. I fucking love that movie, dude. I, it's, I, an I love it. it's an excellent film. And I have to correct you on the credit list there because the movie is starring Bart the Bear. And then everybody else. Because Bart's performance in that movie is unparalleled. Yes. Yes. Dude, you know, and you know Bart, you've seen his snarl before. He's got these, he's got these, he's these juicy lips that, and and these giant fangs, and he knows how to do that stage roar. Like sometimes when a bear wants to kill you, they just go. And just run up to you and kill you. But he, he knows how to ham it up and be like, Rawr! he's, he's a brilliant performer. Rin Tin Tin ain't got shit on Bart the Bear. You're right about that. That's true. Uh, when we're talking about, um, I'm, I'm the glad that Bart the Bear got to be in the Revenant. It's, it's, you know, I'm surprised he lived that long to do it, but. Dude, he's a grizzled actor. That, that was his Dark Knight Returns. Let's <laughs> do doing the Revenant. Uh, I wanted to add when we're talking about uh, the horror of something that may not exist or isn't as accessible. Um, I think that also weighs into the power of the genre as a whole, uh, because as an agnostic, uh, I think of myself or my wife, who is an atheist, uh, watching something like The Exorcist. Uh, and when we watch that movie for two hours we are catholics <laughs> and we are <laughs> completely terrified of yep. what's going on and so the genre gets you to believe in things you might not necessarily believe in especially for that sitting period yeah what was hmm. that one that was like it was like on a security camera what is the one on I'm thinking of? Par- paranormal activity. Par- paranormal activity. I didn't see the second one, but the first one did such a job, good job, scaring the shit out of me. And I'm an atheist too, uh, and I don't believe in any of that shit. Like ghosts don't scare me. All that stuff mm-hmm. doesn't scare me. I don't think it's a big deal. But you know what? On film, ghosts scare me, and demon shit scares me. It scares the shit out of me. I don't know why. I don't believe yeah. in any of it. Like 100% you know what I think don't it, believe in it. But you, but I think that's why. Because those movies punish you for that. Because you're like the dumb assholes in the movie. You notice how you become a believer in the movie? When you're watching the movie, you go, you dumb yeah. motherfuckers. Why did you ignore all those twisted up uh, you know, antler sculptures in your backyard that came out of nowhere. Why are you ignoring these bumps in the night and the, and your daughter got dragged out of her crib and thrown out the window? Why are you fucking ignoring these things? Because you would, because you yeah. would say, daughter, you just spazzed out. You were sleepwalking. That's how you ended up in that graveyard behind our house. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? That's how you'd be, Mr. Agnostic atheist people. That's how yeah. you'd be. And you'd get <laughs> murked you? for it. That's the whole point. It's playing on your steadfastness and not believing mm-hmm. that shit because those people get punished the most in those movies. And the ones who catch on to the shit live. 
it's crazy yeah. that way because I don't believe in that shit either, especially ghosts. I I believe in Jesus before I believe in ghosts. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> oh, oh, so you'll so you'll believe in a zombie before you believe in ghosts? Okay. Uh, d- <laughs> right, you're damn right. A, a, a few synapses still firing in your undead brain as you wander around that makes sense to me scientifically. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, you guys brought up a really interesting thing by uh, saying paranormal activity because uh, I don't know if, uh, if anybody remembers how they rolled that movie out, but uh, what Blum did and Oren Pelly did uh, is they, before they had their wider theatrical release, they targeted college towns uh, and they had a little website and people could demand that the movie uh, got shown and seattle washington or denver colorado and uh if they got enough demands uh they would go to a theater and you'd be able to go see it and so i remember i got to feel like i was part of this business Mm. before i was part of this business and like have this uh movie come uh when we were to in seattle and when it showed it showed for a week or two i went for uh the very first time with my girlfriend who later became my wife uh and we watched it and it was so interesting watching the audience um because when it was playing every time it went to the night vision camera on the tripod set up of the bed and the tossing and turning it was stone quiet because there was no so- uh sound coming out of uh the uh film and you could see and hear people shifting in their seats. The mm. audience got trained that something was about to happen. And yep. people were so unnerved that they were all moving and acting in the same way. And I just sat back and thought the power that this movie has. And it was only made for $15,000. And <laughs> that's one of the very cool things about horror is how many filmmakers did start their career uh with a first-time horror pro- uh project everybody from james gunn peter jackson sam raimi to francis ford coppola they all made horror f- cameron they uh all made horror films to launch their careers some people mm-hmm. stayed in the horror genre for a while others went on to make the godfather and apocalypse now which is a true <laughs> horror film um mm. but uh that's very very neat and the reason why they're doing that if you look from a producer side of things is because the genre allows you to work in a smaller budget all you really need is one location it doesn't matter how many actors you're going to start out with because by the end of the script they're all going to be dead except for one so your shoot days are very limited on each actor uh, you don't need a full light kit. What you need to do is plug in a tungsten light, use it as a pack, practical, and everything else can fade to darkness, and it will only add to the ambiance of your film. Also, you can go out in the woods and just shoot exteriors the entire time. It's easy to make, and it's cheap to make, uh, and it will launch your career. At least it did for the t- uh, for a long time. Do you think that money messes up horror movies i don't know man i i don't think i've ever seen a satisfactory cgi ghost is what i'm saying ari aster in hereditary that shit is amazingly scary and he's just doing a lot with the dark 
And then occasionally he'll do some really cool special effect, like when Tony Collette starts banging her head on the ceiling. I mean, yeah. that's really unnerving shit. And, and, think- and judicious use of utter super gore <laughs> that is like, yeah. what the fuck? Outside of like uh, a Miramax style drama, I think that uh, the horror genre is one of the few genres that can still get away with using uh, things practical. And it's one of the reasons why I love it so much, because nothing pulls me out of a horror movie quickly, uh, quicker than CGI. I hate digital effects. But if you have a practical puppet or gore effect and you light it the right way, it's timeless. And it's the reason why somebody can watch a movie like The Monster Squad and still holds up or Alien. It's uh, it's all the practical effects and the hard work that went behind it. You're not showing the shark most of the time. You're showing maybe what the shark is seeing or you're seeing people being scared and wondering what's you know what I mean? Like they created mm-hmm. suspense by not showing. So like yeah. that was that was like it made it makes people get creative a lot of times as well when you when you have a lower budget. So yeah, I don't abs- know. absolutely. What are and those that things? debate that debatably made Jaws uh, the perfect movie that it is. Like, can you imagine seeing that rubber shark in the first act? Like, <laughs> it's the fact <laughs> yeah. that it's the fact that we hold on to the very end, and when we finally get to see it, we accept it. Yeah. Well, or yeah, it's, it's the it's CGI grown. of the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, I really feel like it's so funny that you say that, but I feel like. That's what made, uh, and I know it's going to be so funny. People being like, all those great horror movies that could have been mentioned, and Ed talked about the Shallows twice. But I'm telling you, <laughs> the way that that motherfucker shark came out of that ocean was a lot of times very suspenseful because the ocean itself is a scary, you know, is a scary mm-hmm. place, and it's just part of it, and it's part of the ecosystem. As you are not, you have committed the fundamental sin of being your ass out here, bitch. You should have been mm-hmm. on the beach, having my ties, having a fun time, but no, you had to catch a last wave. So now nature says, you catching your last fucking wave, which you shouldn't be doing anyway, you primates. Stay your ass on land. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show your ass to come around here at high tide. I'll show you. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I committed this sin. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm in this place. When people buy houses in movies, it's like they're causing their own problem, especially if they overlook the brief, you know, uh, that, you know, Somebody died in here ten years ago. It won't happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know they sort of ignore the the warnings of even just your basic common sense. Uh, is that necessary for a movie, or, or do you like the ones where it just comes out of nowhere? Uh, it's tough because a lot of that times uh, there's a racial charge to it. Like I'm thinking of the uh, Native American burial ground, uh, mm. and uh, this house was built on a burial ground or pet cemetery. Shining, um, things like that, and sure, it can make things creepy, but it's also not necessarily, especially in a movie, not the book so much, addressed in an empathetic way. Um, mm. uh, but uh, I do like an element of legend uh, or myth uh, that you can hold on to when uh, going through a story. There's sort of an understanding of, of myths. We all have them, and some of the ones that seem like different from somebody else are actually just 
a retelling of the same fear. And then when you see somebody else's, you know, telling, telling of that fear, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's mm-hmm. intriguing because you have the same fear. You just thought of it a, in a different way. And now you get to see it in a whole different light. Yeah. I think woods, woods horror gets me woods horror and ocean horror get me even more than space horror. Cause I've been yeah. in the woods and I've been in the, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's like, but space horror is a nice third just because of what's out there. And just like the way I, th- I don't know, man, I, I, I think that's why I don't, really do space horror like that like aliens mm-hmm. is like the pinnacle and and alien obviously but i think almost every other thing that took place in space and tried to be explicitly horror mm-hmm. i don't think i like them i don't because I, I don't i don't believe we're here in the first place so i don't give a fuck what you're doing but i believe it in more genre stuff like sci-fi so maybe yeah. in like action things which aliens is more of an action thing than a, it's it's a horror action i'd call it yeah, uh, it it gives you a lot of existential horror and stuff, but it gives you the opportunity to get a super catharsis of like sh- exp- shooting them with your shotgun and, yeah. and you know uh, blowing them up with bombs and you know getting in an exosuit and beating their ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's kind of also- I think that's necessary in mind. The the horror movies I like, I don't care if you die in the end. I don't care if you lose. It's got to look like you had a fighting chance, or else I'm out of it. Totally, yeah. I'm. Uh- I'm with you on survival horror, elemental horror, eco horror, um, and uh, I'm a sucker for anything with snow in it, and that's probably because of my roots uh, yeah, in Alaska. But I love snow horror, and I think we need more of it. So of course, like I'm writing three different things with it. Um, you know what I want to see uh, more of? Capitalism horror. Well, huh. I think. I think we're going to get some. Like, yeah, I yeah. definitely think it's, uh, like things like the purge is definitely going there. That's on a much more mainstream level, but I think we'll get a lot more, uh, indie stuff too. There's, I mean, what I think of as a capital, uh, capitalism horror is American Psycho. Well, and aliens is almost kind of that. That's what I would say. Maybe think about it is because it's like, huh. it's, it's part of the reason this whole thing exists is because some idiot yeah. wants to make money. Alfred Hitchcock's uh, rope where it's just mm. rich people like can I get away with this like that's mm. uh, that's truly terrifying and it is a very real thing today okay well with our remaining time I want to play a game would you like to play a game uh, we're gonna I want to list top five horror movies that you like somebody else go. This is very hard. <laughs> like the ones, how about this? Ones that are, that are just for you. Like five movies ooh, that are just ooh, for you ooh. and five movies that you would say are just the greatest examples of the genre. Cause I'll do another one. Tremors. Tremors is my shit. I think it's one of the greatest examples of the genre for real, but I don't think anybody would give it that respect. So I'll just say for me, it is a great movie. Uh, I okay. think it's restricted by its budget in a, in a good way. I think it has a, as a, a beautiful story. I think the, the characters all have arcs that aren't forced and dumb. I love that movie. It's perfect. To me, it's one of the perfect screenplays ever written. It's like one of my favorite things. So it's for me. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I'm over here trying to write ideas down. It's just movies that I feel like are under, underrepresented on these lists. You know what I'm saying? Because like everybody goes like fucking exorcist, bro. Exorcist don't mean shit to me at all like me my personal matrix of stuff 
I am, I was like, I went to Catholic school for part of my grade school and I got enough of that Catholicism juice over me. <laughs> Take it however you want. And so I get it, but that shit ain't scary to me. You start, you start twisting your head around, I'll kick you in your back. I don't give a fuck. I don't care about your pea soup breath and your, ooh, I got different voices. It's, it doesn't scare me. I think it's, it's, it's a chick in a room acting her ass off and it's William Friedkin like doing great stuff with the camera. I can, I can like respect it. It's like Chinatown. I can respect yeah. it. I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's on everybody's list of this super great horror movie. So I'm just like, kind of want to make a more personal list from you. It is my personal list. So, uh, number one is the TV series, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's, uh, definitely there. Phantasm 3 is an <laughs> exception exceptional sequel um bram stroker's dracula uh i feel with that movie uh it gets a lot of shade because of keanu uh but it's coppola throwing uh all of the things he learned uh from working under roger corman uh into a movie with a big budget and it is just a treat to watch um this one is kind of widely liked, but I think among the trilogy, it's further back because it's not the second one and it doesn't have the origin story, uh, the making of story of the first one. But uh, Army of Darkness is yes. uh, a very special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then the last one, which is definitely the best of the entire list in my heart. Uh, is Tales from the Hood. Dude, nice. I, I love the fact that you like Tales from the Hood because honestly, fucking, um, fuck, what's his name? He's got some weird, uh, Rusty Cundeef. Yeah. Rusty Cundeef is one of my favorite filmmakers. He literally made, uh, Fear of a Black Hat. He made yeah. that. And, uh, it just, it's just these, these social, like, a, it's like an episode. It's like a, it's like an issue of Eerie or Creepy Magazine or Tales mm -hmm. from the Crypt. And it just goes, obviously, Tales from the Hood. And it goes to different, like, aspects of hood life and the, the governance thereof. It's like, what if The Wire was sort of a wacky horror movie for, an, yeah. for an hour and some change? You know, you get to see senators be racist and get punished. You get to see mm -hmm. uh, an indictment of the, the uh, criminal justice system. You know, mm -hmm. you get to see a lot of uh, domestic abuse tackled, you know, and, and how it affects children. Just all these yeah. themes in a horror setting. And again, when I was a kid, I, I, I hate, you know, I hate talking about how like, oh, uh, you didn't see that many black people and they were always servile or whatever. And it is called Tales from the Hood. But there were so many like justice messages in, in a horror movie for like black people that yeah. it really stood out as a movie that I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how I got into horror through uh, gateway horror with the Monster Squad. Uh, and that's kind of where I lived, uh, for a while was gateway horror because I was actually too scared to watch horror movies. And I distinctly remember watching the first couple real horror movies. I was watching it from behind the couch and stuff. Like I just, uh, couldn't do it. Uh, but then when I got into this, uh, <laughs> this isn't cool. When I got into high school a little later, um, my best friend, would talk to me about horror all the time. Uh, and he say, he would say, Hey man, uh, have you seen Tales from the Hood? Have you seen Nightmare on the Elm Street? Uh, have you seen Tremors? Have you seen 
all of these movies. And I'd be like, fuck yeah, I've seen those movies. <laughs> They're classics. And then I would kill the conversation. And I would get my backpack and I would run home and I would go to Video City and I would go <laughs> behind that little curtain and I would find those tapes and then I would take them home and I would study them and I would watch them for the very first time. And a week later, I'd go up to them and I was like, hey, remember when you were talking about Tales from the Hood? Man, that was so good when the kid crumpled the monster up with his paper. That was the most insane thing ever. That's my favorite part about it. And he'd be like, you just watched the movie for the first time, didn't you? And I'd totally, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd totally get busted. But uh, Tales from the Hood was uh, was one of those movies. And it's just so special because of what you said, because how uh, the tone of it, the theme of it. And what's really interesting is when my friends were watching it and stuff, uh, there was a level of entertainment and uh, almost uh, comedy to it because you have things like the shit and welcome to hell, motherfucker, and uh, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Uh, but rewatching it, it's just like, man, this hits on a whole other level right now. And mm -hmm. like, it's the parts of this are really uncomfortable. But it's a good kind of uncomfortable, and this is why this is a classic, uh, and that's why I love that movie. Well, like you were saying about Atlanta, it's like you have to take uh, and even to a certain extent, uh, the last Candyman, which me and Ron went to go see. Uh, we we both thought it was okay, but like, uh, it there 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 is this kind of need for people to like recognize their actual reality and try to focus on like people's fears that may not be have been served before like see if we can use the empathy power of horror to help people understand certain people's issues and problems right because i know that when i'm watching pennsylvania dutch country motherfuckers fight a witch i don't i'm not of that culture i don't give a fuck about mm -hmm. that some rumspringer motherfuckers mennonites or whatever the fuck's having a problem over here doing something i don't give a fuck about that culture necessarily but i'm a mennonite while i'm watching that movie and yeah. so I, I love the fact that people can be like, I'm a dude from the hood when I'm watching this movie. And I wouldn't want me and my friends to be rousted and fucked over by some demon. Yeah. I wouldn't want us to be uh, brutalized by the police for doing nothing. I wouldn't want to so on and Absolutely. so forth. So uh, but uh, as we dismount here, I think it would be important to talk about like some of your aspirations as a filmmaker. I always like to talk to people who make films about some of the stuff that they, uh, you know, would want to do. We had Sam Liu on, he's a director of uh, DC Animation, and we asked him some of the things he wanted to do in the future, so uh, it makes sense to extend you the same courtesy. What type of stuff do you want to pursue in your filmmaking life, having us have a good understanding of what you like? What sort of stuff are you trying to do in the future? What's your sweet spot? Man, I grew up, with a camcorder wanting to make movies and I would watch airplanes fly over the most beautiful place on earth and go to Canada to shoot things like insomnia and stuff, uh, to shoot it for Alaska. Uh, and there's just so many people, so many cultures, so many things that got overlooked. And one of the things I'm most interested in is putting a lens on something that maybe, and people that, uh, maybe the general audience doesn't know about and give a glimpse of that. 
So, uh, for the last two years, um, I, I wrote the screenplay about the internet troll, uh, and things like that to get my name out there. And that went out and it got optioned. And then I wrote my next screenplay. Uh, but now I'm just really, <laughs> and going through a lot of fucking therapy, uh, like you do at this age. Uh, I, I am really finding the stories that related to me as that 12 year old kid in the frozen tundra in this last frontier. Uh, and, uh, there's survival aspects to it. Uh, there's, uh, tales of, uh, true dread and real issues like alcoholism and stuff, but I'm not talking about trauma horror or anything, just stuff that happens. And then the monsters that were talked about around Alaska that were a little bit more make believe. So taking horror and putting it under the northern lights and in a cold place and showing people the warmth and the heart out of it that that's what i'm focused on that's awesome nice uh, absolutely that that uh i think that those will be well uh received and uh i'm glad that you're uh down for you know exploring all the aspects of the, that culture from being you know some of the the people who are like kind of outcast almost like the alaska is like wh where you go to get away from you want to get so fucking far from all the bullshit that you end up in fucking alaska you know what mm -hmm. i mean and a lot of those people are fiercely independent and like you said earlier about uh 30 days a night you know these type of rustic hardcore people getting menaced by something that thing you know is automatically scary if it can menace yeah. these hardy folks it's probably some scary shit well, uh, tell tell the people where you can uh, be reached on the internet should they want to interact with your stuff in the future and check out all that you got going on. I am at HDILLA, H-D-I-L-L-A, on all social platforms. You can find me there. There's links to my website and stuff. You don't have to look at it, but shoot me a tweet and let's talk about movies. And as always, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel, whatever you're watching this on. And, you know, leave us a review. Like I said, it helps us move up in the charts. Make it a five-star review. Don't leave us a four or four and a half, all right? Just give us five stars. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> also, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash thegreatestpod. And as always, thanks for listening to another episode of The Greatest Pod.